Kwayana Casamaya is from the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform, or CCBR, which is easier to say. Having started in the pro-life movement as a volunteer herself, Kwayana now equips volunteers with the tools they need as they reach Canadians with the truth about abortion through various outreach projects. Uh, she was introduced to the issue of abortion and the work of CCBR at a young age by folding CCBR's newsletters on the dining room table with her family. So there's one way to get your children hooked into your ministry. And next month, Kwayana is coming to New Zealand. I had the opportunity to speak to her about her upcoming visit and her work in Canada. Kwayana, it's lovely to meet you uh, coming to us live from Calgary. Uh, welcome to McBlog. Uh, firstly, can you tell us how you got into the pro-life movement? Yes, well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on with you. And I've been involved in the pro-life movement for several years, starting as a, a volunteer with the organization that I now work for full-time as the volunteer coordinator. So I got involved gradually at first, just starting um, with once a month and then increasing both as the, the work was laid heavily on my heart and then also just seeing what is possible and the outcomes as we engage with people and so became progressively more involved and then was able to take on full-time work and facilitate that for others as well so and was there anything that specifically got you into it was it an experience was it a friend who maybe went through an abortion did you see something uh experience something what was it that sort of hooked you in yeah so i actually as as a hobby really enjoy writing historical fiction um, and I was doing research into the Second World War for a project that I was working on. I was just so convicted about what happened in that situation. Mm. And I was asking myself the question, like, how were injustices like these allowed to continue for as long as they were? Mm. And it struck me that there were four groups of people involved in that. Most people think of, like, the, the good side and, and the bad side kind of as warring out and, and victims as like the people who are, are caught in the middle and yet it occurred to me like there's actually a fourth group of people in every situation like that and that group is the largest group in most cases and that's the group that isn't doing anything so they're not actively perpetrating the injustice but they also aren't involved in the solution and I was convicted through that of just like I don't want to be in that group that isn't doing even what I can. It looks different for different people, what they'll be able to do. And I was convicted shortly after that, that I was in that fourth group when it came to abortion and, and injustice that is happening there. And so that's where it was like really laid on my heart for myself. My family had been pro-life and, and involved in various things when I was smaller, um, but just realizing myself that I had a responsibility to be involved and then trying to figure out how to best um, use my time and, and resources in order to help with this cause. Hmm. Now you're coming to New Zealand not too far away and and look before we go into the details of, of your visit to New Zealand just tell us a little bit about the uh, situation in Canada. From what I understand it's a very liberal law like New Zealand and it sort of was achieved through the court system more than legislation. Is that correct? Yeah, so currently in Canada, we're the only democratic country in the world that has no restrictions on abortion whatsoever. 
So functionally, abortion is legal for any reason through all nine months of pregnancy. Wow. And in result of that, um, we see 300 abortions every single day. And that did come about as, as a result of a court case. So Henry Morgan Toller mm. was an abortionist who was setting up different abortion clinics and actually continually getting arrested for the, the abortions he was performing. And it was actually in one of the court cases that were addressing the charges against him that mm. the court threw out the current abortion laws at the time and when they did that they actually like charged um that there would be an, another better law brought forward so their intention wasn't an absence of law but something that that better fit the situation in their opinion um but nothing successfully was ever reintroduced again and so we actually just have a, a void on abortion laws here in canada Okay, that's that's disturbing to hear. So um, how would you rate the pro-life movement in Canada? Is it strong? Uh, is it weak? Or is it sort of in between? I, I would say it's a growing movement, for sure. I often think it kind of depends what you compare it to, right? So the in the States, I think they're ahead mm. of us by several years in the infrastructure that they have in place and the amount of people that they have um, just advocating for pre-born children, the, the change that they're seeing, whereas depending where you look, we might also be ahead of other places as well that might not have the same infrastructure as we do. So I often think about the pro-life movement as divided into kind of three core arms, where you have your, your political arm, those advocating to bring in laws and, and protection for a pre-born child, that you have your crisis arm, or those who are working directly with the women and, and families that are facing an abortion decision and also the educational arm, those that are looking to inform the general public to really make abortion unthinkable, even with those who may not be currently facing an abortion decision. And so each of those pieces are, are present here in Canada. I think all three are so important and in a growing way. And so that's really exciting to see our organization on um, the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform, who I work mm. for, is the largest educational pro-life organization in Canada. And so it, it's cool to just see the growth both on our team, but also in the other organizations that we work with. So is there scope for, I mean, I know you've got a very left-wing or, you know, uh, liberal uh, government at the moment, especially under Trudeau. Um, is there any scope for getting legislation that, for example, you know, even incremental legislation that restricts late-term abortions or sex selection abortions or disability abortions or or even uh, gives parental notification for teenagers getting an abortion? Is there is there policy direction uh, possibilities there? So that's definitely been something that the political arm of the pro-life movement are, are regularly engaging on. Mm. In just the last couple of years here, we've seen even the, the most incremental policies thrown out. So um, just recently, okay. there was a bill introduced to just provide um, basically justice for, for pre-born victims of crime. So right. when a pregnant right. mother is intentionally killed and just mm -hmm. making that two charges of, of criminal offense, both against her and, and against the child. And that was actually rejected. That was thrown down. 
And wow. similarly, not long before, we had um, MP Cassidy Wagenthal also introduce a sex-selective abortion mm. ban, which would have meant that it's wrong or it's not okay legally mm. to kill girls just because they are baby girls. Yeah. Um, and that also did, did not gain the traction and the support. And mm. so even, even those incremental um, kind of legislation steps have not gained traction yet. Mm. Okay. And uh, look, we did discuss this just before we started recording about your euthanasia law. I mean, it's one of the most liberal. It's getting even more liberal. I think mental, you know, euthanasia for mental illness starts next March. Uh, I mean, that must be a huge concern as well for Canadians, pro-life Canadians. Absolutely. And I think it just speaks to the fact that life issues are important to mm. every part of life, right? Mm. We're seeing both the, the lack of value at the beginning of life but now a very slippery slope at the end of life and with people who are struggling with disabilities and mental um, illness and things like that as well. And it just seems like the, the gates are opening up when you don't give human rights to one person, you often end up losing human rights for, for most of us or many yeah. of us as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to tell you that I think it's a race between New Zealand and Canada to the bottom of the slippery slope uh, in both of these uh, life areas. So you're coming to New Zealand uh, in a month and uh, we excitedly await that. What message are you bringing for New Zealanders? Yeah, I'm really excited to join you guys and actually just to share some of the lessons that we've learned here. And one of the things that we find so important as we engage people is just the proactive approach of going to those who who think differently on these issues and engaging them in compassionate, compelling conversations, really meeting them where they're at. And we do that alongside using abortion victim imagery and showing people the, the really tragic reality of what abortion does to a pre-born child. And so I'm excited to be working with the group in, in Rotorua on um, the New Zealand Salt and Light Brigade and excited for the opportunity. I've really appreciated what I've seen of them so far and the calls that we've done in prep preparing for this. Um, and to be able to equip them and the people in New Zealand with some of the tools that we've found most effective here in Canada. What, what do you think is the most persuasive argument uh, to... I mean, I guess it's hard to really change the hearts of pro-abortion people. You know, that they're much more difficult. But for those who are sitting on the fence and who could go either way, what do you think is is the most persuasive argument to, to get them to be pro-life and understand the human rights of the unborn child? That's such an excellent question. I'm really glad that you brought that up. One thing that we often encourage people to do is to start the conversation where the person is starting the conversation, right? Oftentimes as pro-lifers, we want to jump to the core part of the issue, which is the humanity, I would say, whether abortion intentionally kills a human being or whether it does not, which really you do have to answer, but most people aren't there quite yet. And we engage people everywhere from extremely pro-choice and on the pro-abortion side all the way to that that mushy middle, all the way to pro-lifers as well, who may be mm. actively involved or may not yet. Yeah. And so we start with just asking them the reasons why they think abortion is justified or needed. Mm. And beginning there and mm. recognizing there are some really difficult problems in our world. 
Mm. And yet we would never solve those problems by killing an older human being, right? We don't solve them by killing a, a two-year-old child if you're looking at a situation like family abuse, right? And so working with them to get to that humanity question of how do we approach the problems that you're looking at in a way that cares for both people instead yeah. of eliminating one in order to help the other one, which obviously we know that, that that's not a good way of helping the mother either. And one of the things that has been so encouraging to our team, we've been tracking the conversations that we have with people who are pro-abortion, who support abortion in various capacities, whether that's very strongly or in, in certain cases like sexual assault and stuff like that. And using the, the apologetics, the conversational training that we give our volunteers and our um, staff that are out having these conversations, we've actually seen over 50% of the people who support abortion move mm. significantly away from it in the course of a 5, 10, 15 minute conversation mm. with 25% becoming completely pro-life in, in their own words by the end mm. of that conversation. So one in four of the people that we're talking with, we see completely reject abortion as a solution to the, the difficulties that we're looking at. And so that's super exciting to us. Um, and that's what, what we really want to be able to share as, as we share this training. Um, and so I'm excited to, to bring that and be able to equip the, the people in New Zealand with those tools as well. And, and, you know, one of the great debates that goes on in the pro-life movement amongst people of, you know, very good will and, and shared uh, goals is this, is this uh, you know, tricky issue of do you show graphic images? Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, the graphic images of uh, children suffering from famine or from massacres are shown often to make people aware of the situation. Uh, and some people argue that, you know, people need to see the outcome of abortion as grisly as it is. What do you think the place is for that type of uh, education or awareness? Yeah, I often think actually of a conversation that I had with a lady who shared with me that she was post-abortive and she shared a bit of her, her story as well, that it was a really difficult situation where she had been sexually assaulted, she was dealing with poverty and, and trying to get out of, of that same relationship. So she was in the relationship that she had been harmed in. And she shared with me that she chose abortion in, in trying to solve those problems. And one thing that I, I find so helpful to ask as, as I interact with people who have those, those really personal connections and touch points with this issue is literally to just ask how we could have helped them. If we had known you at that time, what would have been helpful? And in the conversation with this lady, I'd actually shown her um, the images of, of what abortion does to a preborn child. And she said to me when I asked her that question, she said, you know, I wish someone had shown me those pictures. And I was expecting her to say like, well, you could have given support, you could have given this. And she said, you know, if I had seen that, if I had, had the opportunity to recognize what this was going to do to my child, I would have found a different way. It would have been hard. I don't know exactly what that would have looked like, but there has to be a better solution than that. Yeah. And I think it speaks so powerfully to how important it is to show people the, the visual reality of what is actually happening as they have, as, as you mentioned, both in other campaigns currently and actually in, in history as well, right? Throughout history, 
we've seen almost every successful social reform movement anchor their, their conversations and the discussion in the real victims of that injustice. I think for one example of like the abolition of the British slave trade and how when the advocates such as William Wilberforce, the parliamentarian, um, began advocating on this, people didn't even see the slave trade as an issue, right? They saw it as the basis of their economy. And it was only when they showed them the victims, the, the what that was happening in this injustice, but also the who that it affected, that they really desired change and understood why change was needed. And that's what we're seeing today as well, that it allows people to really come face to face with the victims that the abortion industry tries so hard to keep us from facing and from meeting, so to speak. And it is incredibly hard to recognize what has been done um, to these children. And yet I think so pivotal in being able to appropriately respond and being able to show people why they should care, why this yeah. is an important issue um, yeah. for them, even literally to just stop and have a conversation on, but also to be, be an advocate for. Well, there's certainly a time and a place here, and uh, it is important that people understand uh, the, the the full picture of the and the facts. So, look, uh, Kwayana, um we're really looking forward to your visit in a month, and uh, we'll put some details in the explainer so people are aware of uh, where you'll be and where you're speaking. Uh, and thank you for coming to New Zealand. Keep up the great work in Canada. As I said, unfortunately. Uh, the work is, is much needed in both countries. So we look forward to uh, just getting some inspiration and input from you. So thanks for your time, Kwayana. Thank you for having me. Yeah, there we go. And uh, Kwayana is uh, going to be speaking at the March for Life in Rotorua on Saturday, September the 23rd. I'll put some more details, as I said, in the description section. Good to hear that there are pro-lifers fighting for life in Canada as they are here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm.